if you ever met Calvin or not before, but uh, he's, he's an amazing organizer down there, him and Don Peterson. And, um, you know, we were talking, I was talking to him for the Sierra club and uh, all the development issues. I mean, they're chopping down old growth forests. They're killing Sussex County. They're poisoning the water. Uh, they have huge fish kills and there's just no organized unified voice down there on a lot of these uh, land use issues and, and things like that. And so they're just getting away with murder. I mean, literally, it's crazy. So I guess I'll just introduce you. This All my right. Friend, my friend and sister Carrie. You guys know her. You guys know what's up. Um, but yeah, in, in this conversation with Dustin, all I kept thinking was like, I'm, it's gotta be more than voting. Like we got to vote now, but it's gotta be so much more. And I, I, I love this idea of like the picnic idea, because instead of going door to door, you just bring everybody together. So it's not one-on-one, you know, you, 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 you bring them together. This one's about voting. Um, but I just think this is a super idea regardless. So it's a Sussex Democrats uh, sponsored thing. Why don't you give the details and like how to how to get into it if you're in Sussex uh, Saturday, the third of October? Yep. So that's this Saturday, um, four to seven. It is um, obviously if you feed them, they will come. So we have some free food, uh, then also some vendors who are selling other food. So the free food is hot dogs, hamburgers, fries, and water. Um, we have. Um, a, a Spanish food vendor and a s- seafood slash like vegetarian vendor. Uh, then we have several other vendors selling, you know, different things that they make and then community organizations that are around. So the idea with this program is um, we are truly targeting 18 to 35 year olds um, who just generally aren't really excited about campaigns and elections in, in general. Um, and then obviously those who do care, but it's to remind folks that you have to pay attention. And so um, between food and then also entertainment, we have a hip hop artist, RB and artist, um, spoken word artist, a comedian, a DJ, and then we will have um, videos playing uh, at different points talking about the issues that are a big deal in Sussex. So, uh, affordable housing, clean water, education, Black Lives Matter, specifically dealing with racism in Sussex, uh, as opposed to the police brutality aspect of it. Um, And, you know, and then also just calling folks to action. It's not enough to vote, similar to what you just said. Um, You have to show up and be a part of it. So we're hoping that everyone, but at least a good portion, um, sign up to be for some type of action, whether it's to get more people to the polls or participate in one of these community organizations, but making sure that people aren't just thinking that because you show up to the polls on one day, you've done enough. Um, In order for us to hold elected officials accountable, in order for us to create real change, we have to be involved on a regular basis. Uh, Involvement includes organizing your communities, educating yourself, um, and, and then just truly being a little bit more proactive, not just going to work, coming home, going to school, coming home, uh, and then doing it 
push and repeat the next day. We have to be involved and, and actively create the change we want to see. It's not enough to be the change. You have to, to uh, create it. Yeah, I was speaking with um, a candidate and an activist here who will remain nameless, but just starting to think about what we're going to do after the general election. And just organizing people that, as you said, they might have a cynical view about voting or electoral process or like campaigns. And to be perfectly honest, I share their cynicism. You know, I, you know what my feelings are about it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I understand that. But to, to just come down and talk to the people in your community and have a hot dog, meet your neighbor and be like, hey, you know, are you having problems with your water? Or two or like where do you live or did you you know did you are you having issues with the cops you know sort of messing with your kids because they speak spanish to each other like that kind of stuff that's what's that those kind of events and that kind of organizing is really the only thing that can be the that can be the fire that makes the steam that goes through the engine like the engine's not going to run like the politics and all of that is just going to die on the vine if if something's not fueling it the only thing i can think to fuel it is meeting your neighbors finding out what you know what you know if their struggles are like yours or how they're like yours and just figure out through solidarity whether you can make a union uh you know where you work in retail or whether you can do something electorally uh or, or whatever it is and so yeah when i saw that when i saw you put this on social media i was like oh my god this is exactly it because the one thing we thought of was uh, you know, a barbecue every other Saturday in Georgetown yeah. and just be like, come out, like meet your neighbor. This is, there's some stuff here for you to do. You can talk to us, but that's really, you know, we'd love for you to get involved in something that maybe you're interested in, but otherwise just, you know, be here with us. And I just was just so excited that you're, you're doing it. So it's Saturday with two to four, two to four to seven, four to seven, pardon me. And uh, what school is it? It's at Richard Allen School. Richard Allen School in Georgetown, four to seven. Yes. Third of October, which will be tomorrow. This will be going out tomorrow. Wait, on Friday. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. This will be going out tomorrow and then the Saturday. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. It's it's um it's sponsored by Sussex Dems. I know. Um, and I'm just yeah I'm, I'm happy it's going down. I think it's I think it's really cool because that's going to be our next um, you know. I'm sort of guilty of being laser focused on like Northern Newcastle County. We talk about this all the time. We talk about it privately, you know, like, and now like we cannot let, we cannot let the people in Kenton Sussex just sort of be like, we don't need them electorally. Like that's because that's not going to work. That's the opposite of, of having the fire that runs the engine. That's blowing the fire out. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad that, you always, you, you and a few other people, Erica Gutierrez and another one, always makes sure that I'm centered about like not losing any, any threads, you know, and making sure that we think as broadly, like think about the whole universe, you know? Right. And it's, I mean, it's important and a sense of community, uh, you know, whenever we're, we're going out, we have to remember that people need to feel that they're a part of something bigger than themselves. Um, and not to sound all, uh, you know, I have three little kids and I have to constantly explain to them that things like YouTube corrupt their minds um, and, and not to sound all parental on it. But, you know, we spend too much time on social media. We spend too much time on our phones um, and, and we think we're connected and we're not. These these community 
events are going to be more and more important. And Rob, I know you understand that. I mean, you always have people at your house, uh, not so much now with COVID, but you understand the importance that's, that's of human connection. Um, and I honestly believe uh, in the, to the depths of my soul that part of the reason people like Trump, part of the reason um, the far right is taking such a uh, strong hold is because they figured out that people need human connection and to feel like they're a part of something. Um, we need to do a better job at letting folks know that they are a part of something, that we want them in our, in our groups, um, because uh, just like a gang, the, the far right preys on people who are in a, a place of pain um, and uh, figures a way to make them loyal based on uh, division. Whereas I think that we have a message that is about love and inclusion and making sure we all move forward together. But so long as we're not showing up, um, we're going to, to lose the fight to create a truly people-centered and, um, and united, not just Delaware, but, but nation. Um, and then it, it going even further, it's this idea that um, we here in the state of Delaware, we, we do tend to forget uh, what is often called south of the canal, right? And the problem with that, the problem with that is um, Sussex is known to be red, so Republican, right? Um, Kent is known to be uh, purple, so it's a mixture, but we're going quickly closer to red. Um, but I truly believe if the right messaging touches people even in red communities, um, and if we're not careful, if we're not careful, once our, uh, our census numbers come back, if we're over a million, we can get another um, house member and they will have to put that person in Kent or Sussex. And if we're not thinking about that, um, that the long-term consequences of that are, are real. Uh, and, and part of that is because we have siloed ourselves uh, in our conversations and decided that you know, folks who traditionally don't uh, align with our values um, because of messaging problems don't align with us, period. And I, I, I fully, fully disagree with that. If you're a working class American, regardless of your race, um, you know, religion, income level, all of those things, you know that healthcare is an issue, equitable education is an issue, um, <laughs> infrastructure is an issue, clean water, clean air are issues. Um, but we get so caught up in certain words that we are not able to come to the table. And if this is an establishment issue, not a people issue, as far as us not being able to communicate. And the moment we stop looking at each other as Republicans and Democrats, but as fellow folks in this, in this fight for equity, um, the sooner we will be able to create the type of society. Carrie froze right at the end. Oh, you're back. Perfect. I'm back. Sorry. Yeah, no worries. It was, per it, it was like, it was... I almost thought it was like a Cornell West type of thing. You were like waiting in the end and it was like this bit right at the end. And I was like, Oh no, it froze. Like right, it was perfect. It was perfect. It was good. Great timing. Yeah. Um, no, I, I, I mean, I mean, you and I know each other. So you know that I completely agree. Um, I think that the anime and the loneliness and the, and the, and the, the suffering that people are feeling goes right into the social media um, it was exploited by reactionary forces. You know, as you said, they understood, understanding it, yes, they understood it, but they also understood how to exploit it. Yeah. Um, and so that's sort of where we are. And if we give up on that, 
uh, we're, we're lost. We're absolutely lost. Um, I think that, you know, I can admit that I, uh, you know, sort of had this sort of turn towards like public atheism for a long time. Um, and I still sort of believe that in a religious sense, but the idea of getting like out of, out of the machine, out of your head and sort of trying to understand that there is the, the thing that is bigger is the thing we can all do together. Like all of the things that you see don't have to be that way. You know, capitalism isn't the end of something. Like it's just something we made up. The constitution, that's something just we, we made up. If we all get together, there are better things we could do together. Um, yeah, it's heavy stuff. Maybe we'll get to take acid one day together. <laughs> and we can, we can realize that we're all made, we're all the same material. Yeah, I, I think that it is, um, we are, we're in a very dangerous time for so many reasons. Uh, if you guys get a chance, if you haven't yet, uh, Carl and Rob, watch Social Dilemma. Um, but th th it's important for so many reasons. Uh, it gets into the social media. But the, one of the pieces that comes from it is this idea that um, because of social media, we've really cut back on our ability to speak to one another because our social media has an algorithm that only shows us the things that we want to hear. And so we think when somebody else doesn't agree that there's something fundamentally wrong with them, uh, not realizing that somebody's pulling our, our strings. And the danger in that, especially for those of us who understand that there is this power structure that who has an aim to remain in power, um, that they are aided by this. They are aided by this idea that, um, not, not an idea, the reality that we think that there is something fundamentally wrong with our neighbors or our family members because we're all just being programmed by our devices. Um, and as a result, if somebody, uh, an elect, uh, somebody can run for office and as long as they perfectly align with us in just their rhetoric, not necessarily their actions, because rarely do their actions align with what they say, um, then we're like, oh, they make sense. And this other person is, is, uh, doesn't work because they don't align with us. And, and I, and yet we find over and over and over again, we get the same types of elected officials in office. Uh, we're starting to see some change, but not as much as we would like, because again, um, people are learning to say what we want to hear versus proving themselves when with action steps. Um, and hopefully be start, people start to become more critical as we start to create a community where people want to pay attention because they're at a concert or watching a comedy show or they are, you know, around other people and there are conversations and they say, hey, our struggles are connected. Um, and wait a minute, the person that we elected isn't doing what they said. So what do we do next? We have to have to have to create that connection in order to create true forward movement as a community. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned it before, like, I'm, I love having people over. This is kind of, it's been very difficult for me. We've, we've been able to do some stuff in the garden outside with small groups. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's the grill pill, right? So you got, you gotta, you gotta just, you gotta get offline and just get with people and try to understand something outside of what you're what you're sort of being fed i haven't seen the the film yet i know I, i've seen it actually in the queue so i know that it's out I, I, a couple people have mentioned it to me 
I mean, it's just one of those things that, you know, you know, you know, intuitively, intrinsically that it's bad. Like we've known for for a long time, you know, algorithms are just pumping, you know, stuff to you. Um, But yeah, I think the problem is that that it's a way to draw people further and further into themselves and further and further away from, you know, making a union at work um, or, you know, or just doing something in the community you know, or, or under, or, or furthermore, if you go further out, understanding that we're all the same material. Yes. And so it just doesn't make sense to do it this way. We don't have to, um, that's, you know, that's, I I don't see any other way to do it. Yeah, I agree. And, and, and when I'm saying this, I'm not saying that there are no extremists out there. Uh, when we think of extremists, yeah, we're not going to be able to take time to speak to them, but most people aren't extremists. Um, and so we, we as the people have to remove our labels. Um, we can allow the power structure to keep those labels, but we have to speak as fellow human beings, hear what people are saying so that we can come and create, um, we could come to the table and say, okay, this was, is what works for all of us. And I think that, I mean, if, you know, um, if you've worked on any type of campaign and knocked on doors or, or, or whatever, you know that there is a place that makes it so that folks are comfortable, right, with each other, uh, and, they can, and there's a trust built, um, and those labels go away. Uh, and the only time they don't is when there, there are extremists. But we have to stop thinking that everybody is an extremist. Because Yeah, I mean, I, I'm sorry. I, I was just thinking as you are saying that. My, the way I look at it, it's like if your first move – if your first move is like a selection move, that you're doing it wrong. Like if you're, you may have to deal at some point with a person who is too extreme, doesn't get it, is recalcitrant, um, is hateful, whatever. I, I get that those people exist. But if your first move is to interrogate them to figure it out, so there's a selection, that's the wrong thing. That's how that's how I try to think of it. Like everybody's in automatically till they're out yes and and the and the criteria for them being out needs to be well hopefully if you if you did it correctly and you understand that person it'll be very difficult to put them out you might have to but but that's the that's the sequence of events i think and i think a lot of people have the sequence wrong and they're looking to um they're looking to have a selection and see who's in who's who's like with us um and that's definitely i think shown that it will not work right and we have to change the whole uh american way of talking about things where we avoid what race sex and politics those are the things the very things you have to talk about in order to have the type of discomfort that creates change right um and you know that that's always been like a saying but it it actually is a reality in most lives. And I I think that's really what has gotten us to the point where beyond the social media, if social media never came into uh, existence, we'd still have this problem where we don't want to talk about things if we might disagree with someone. Um, And yet, if you don't talk about things you disagree with, you never grow personally, they never grow personally, and then you never come to a common ground and you think us versus them all of the time. And so I think that we have to um, those of us who are already on board to create the type of change that we want to see in the world, we have to say, let's model it. Let's have those uncomfortable conversations. Um, let's suspend our propensity for prejudice. Um, 
because we do, we're going to judge it, right? Because things are different than us, but to suspend it and really hear what a person is saying, right? Um, so that we can figure out, well, how do we fix this together? Um, and I think that that's where you build trust. Um, I think that's where you build commonality and that's where we will, how we will move forward together. Yeah, I think there's one other aspect. It's probably a combination of those things you can't talk about. Uh, or an offshoot of them, but it's they're all sort of class related to me. Yeah, it's like how your employer doesn't want you to talk about how much money you make, or you're not supposed to talk about that. It's yeah, you're not supposed to talk about because no one wants to understand the differences in, in like the suffering of certain people and other people, or how wages are poor, or what rents are like, um, and how that impacts a bunch of people. Yeah, I mean, all of those cultural. Uh, all of those cultural things that the media teaches you, the machine teaches you, are to are to make you not do it. So I don't I, I don't want to talk about yeah I don't want to make it like it's easy like just do this. But it seems to me after doing after just being alive and thinking about this stuff and reading about it and just whatever that yeah I mean most of the things in culture are trying to get you you know uh, <clears throat> you know frozen uh, or just catatonic or or whatever. And so that you don't do this stuff because that, you know, you're sort of docile. Um, but yeah, it feels better to come together and actually f feel that there's actually a re an anxiety release when you realize you can, that there is a way to do it together. Yeah. But in any case, yeah, I mean, I certainly understand it's not the, it's not the easiest uh, of, it's actually probably the hardest thing you can possibly it do. It is. It is. And, and I mean, but you said it when you brought up um, talking about, uh, pay and an employer doesn't want you to discuss pay. So they remain in power, right? It's, it's so that, because once you realize, oh, well, they're not paying me as much, you'll ask for equity uh, to be included. If, if enough people realize it, you'll come together and create a union. It's the same thing with race, right? I was speaking with my mom, whom you know well, um, and when she was organizing uh, in, in the Deep South in the 60s, they were fine so long as they were only working with black sharecroppers. When they started to t work with very poor white people and black sharecroppers and bringing them to the same meetings, that's when they were driven out of town. Because all of a sudden, poor white people and poor black people were like, wait a minute, we don't have water, we don't have uh, adequate housing, we don't have proper education. And it was a, a we versus us and them. And the powers that be said, oh no, we're not going to deal with that. So that deals with income, housing, educate, all of those things that we were talking about. The, if you talk about sex, then all of a sudden the things that they said, well, oh, we don't, homophobia and transphobia and all of those things. If you realize people are people and love is love, then that's one less way to divide us. If you start talking about um, uh, religion, right? It's like, oh, it's not, we're not really that different. That's another less thing to, to uh, have issues with. If you don't talk about politics and then you don't, and you don't ever learn that there's common ground, then that's another way to divide it. So all of the things that they tell us not to discuss amongst ourselves are, are just tools that we use, that, that we pick up on to keep us divided and not being able to move forward. And then the power structure is able to keep us apart, uh, which means we never move forward. Um, and, and so... It is, it is not just that it's uncomfortable, it's necessary if we really want to create change. Yes. Yes. Now go out uh, tomorrow, October 3rd, 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. 
at Richard Allen School in Georgetown. We'll link to this in the show notes. Uh, and go meet your neighbor. Have a hamburger. Have know? a hamburger. Have a hamburger. Are you going to be there? You'll be there? I or? will be there. I, I be will there. be emceeing. Oh, nice. So you, you'll see. You'll, Carrie will be on. She'll be on stage. <laughs> so um, we will. you will be able to park in your vehicle so your vehicles can be your your uh, seat. If you choose to walk in, that's fine. Everything will be social distance. Uh, so if you choose to sit on the grass, there will be boxes that will be your box with the people you came with. Um, while there are vendors, uh, everything is socially distanced. So six feet apart, unless you came with those people. Um, wear your mask. You're outside. If you wear your mask, you stay socially distant out outside. You're, you're generally fairly safe. You're in the fresh air. And uh, yeah, Find out. You know, just, just have a nice time and, and find out what Carrie has you free free to organize, and she'll sign you up. There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks so much. I really appreciate you doing this, and um, like I said, I hope we, we see each other soon. Uh, hello, comrades and friends. Uh, special solidarity with comrades in Argentina who I just learned follow the podcast and understand my affinity and respect for the spirit of the pink tide across the Americas. So hello to those uh, fellas. Uh, our friend uh, Dustin Thompson is in the bunker today for a little hangout. Uh, Dustin is an activist and organizer with Delaware United. Uh, he has lobbied in Dover for progressive environmental issues and other grassroots causes. Uh, he is also works with the Sierra Club in, in Delaware. Uh, what's happening, brother? Not much, man. Thanks a lot for uh, doing this. Really appreciate that. Yeah, um, I, I'm I'm happy to do it. Um, like I said I'm in a I'm in a sort of a different position for myself from other sort of uh, movements and campaigns and political causes because um, people listen to the podcast now, but I don't have any money. So I'm in a sort of a weird spot, um, but I'm I'm glad to do it because, you know, I looked on the uh, Delaware United website this morning, and it was just a litany of primary winners, um, people consolidating their their districts, and and it just it makes me hopeful for the general assembly session. Um, so I just wanted to get your sort of feedback on the, the primary results first, and then we'll move into your what you're doing now. Yeah, so Delaware United, uh, we had seven primary, uh, well, seven key primary races. I was going to say primary, primary races, but that doesn't sound right. Uh, so seven key primary races um, that we were, or sorry, eight that we were really focused on, and uh, seven of those actually went through uh, and won uh, now are in their general elections. The only one that unfortunately lost was was Kira Hoffner, uh, which we were very sad about. But uh, that pack that everybody was hearing about that ran um, Maggie Jones against Matt Meyer uh, actually ran uh, Ennis, uh, really supported Bruce Ennis. Yeah, well, they had, she had the Hoffner. double whammy too because she was in. I, I, she was in here before we had to close the studio for COVID. Um, she came in and we did one real cool because she's like she's cool like mellow. She has the right vibe for the for the bunker yeah. too. Uh, but they did the she got the Ennis got the dark money that a lot of of the uh, older you know conservative Dems got, and she got the third she got the third person right. Wasn't there that yeah. they split the third person too? Like they tried to do to Medina. So yeah, yeah they, they they've tried to pull out all the stops. Yeah, well, they they weren't able to be successful in seven of the races that we were endorsing in that, but the. They, unfortunately, they were successful in that race. So 
I hope that Kara will run again, uh, and and hopefully we can get some better representation at district uh, in 2022 when everybody's going to run again. So yeah, that's what Carl keeps reminding me too. I keep forgetting um, that you know it's a census year, so after the redistricting, after the redistricting, everyone's going to have to be up again. So it's a full slate. Uh, yeah, Delaware is, United is already hard at work uh, preparing for that uh, eventuality when that when that happens. So we're going to really need, uh, you know, a, a way to finance and ensure that all these candidates are able to to pull through in 2022 and hopefully pick up a couple more seats. You know. Yeah, I mean the, the exciting thing is the momentum that's obviously building with the huge, you know, sort of statewide wins this sort of time around in the primaries and just the organizations that are being stood up or that have established themselves and put sort of set down roots. Um, you know, you guys have been in it almost from the beginning, um, just sort of like Network Delaware, but but Leftward as an offshoot of that and, and the Urban League, um, everybody's sort of getting together and making a big push for, you know, big push for change and that momentum is pretty clear so i'm I'm kind of chomping at the bit to get out in two years i mean i'm chomping at the bit to organize to lead up to that really is what I, how i should put it yeah yeah and i know that our candidates are going to do great things if they win in november which should re- definitely help them in 2022 you saw melissa minor brown uh win in 2018 and when she got down in legislative hall she didn't dick her around she went right to work and started putting out legislation and really fighting for what she believed in and uh, which is one of the reasons why we, we ended up endorsing her this year. Uh, and I believe that a lot of our candidates, if they win in November, you're going to see that same energy. You're not going to go down there and it's going to take five years for them to actually put out some legislation, which has happened in the past. You know, they're going to go down there and immediately start fighting for what they believe in. Yeah, I definitely think there's going to be a lot more action. People are prepared to do that. I am worried. I mean... Because because some of these movements are new, or new-ish, new people, um, you know, new policies, new sort of energy. I hope that some of the coalitions become unified in solidarity and don't become factions. That's what I don't. I don't know if you see. You have a very good. You're the perfect person to ask this question to because Delaware United does sort of broader broader work. Um. But, you know, there are folks who either are semi-establishment but have shown willingness to help sort of leftward candidates. There are some people, there are some uh, folks in the Black Caucus who are more conservative than others or more establishment than others. I, I'm My long-term goal is to build solidarity between everybody so we do get some of the action that everybody wants. But I'm, I'm nervous that it could become factional. I don't know what your thought is about that. Yeah, I mean, in terms of, you know, the legislators, I think, you know, from what I'm hearing, a lot of them are hearing this message of what happened in the primary. And they're saying they're seeing that they can step out and in terms of uh, fighting for progressive causes and actually win elections because of that. And if they refuse to do that, uh, they could be facing challengers and 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 lose. Uh, We saw some major upsets uh, and it was in large part because the people that were in there were not supporting the right kind of policies. And, and so they attracted challengers and those challengers were heavily, uh, you know, volunteered with or, or fundra- were able to fundraise a significant, significant amount. 
Uh, so I think that you are going to see a lot more working together with some of these people coming in and some of the ideas that they're wanting to push. And I think, you know, you've had over the past few years, uh, some, some of the progressive staples putting up legislation that just couldn't get the votes. And I think with some of these seats changing, you're going to see some of those policies come back around again and be able to actually have a chance. I mean, from the activist side, you know, when Delaware United tries to live up to our name, everything that we do, we try to reach out with uh, as many organizations as we can to try and say, hey, uh, I know you guys are busy doing this other thing, but uh, if you could just throw out an email or a Facebook post and promote this, you know, we can promote what you're doing as well. And so I think you're going to continue to see that working together and, uh, st you know, breaking down of silos uh, on the activist side, too. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm actually, you know, I, I worry, but I'm not necessarily pessimistic about it because you guys do do a good job of uniting everyone, but you're also there on the activist side, you know, in between time. So you're building a you're building an organized group of people outside of the electoral process, and then they can be mobilized when the elections come to use that as, you know, uh, uh, to use that as another tool against entrenched uh, establishment people or re re reactionary people or whatever. But yeah, you bring it all together, which I think is the most important thing to people, uh, for people to keep in mind, because I hate it. And I know now is not the greatest time to talk about like voting as one thing, but it is sort of one thing. Um, but I guess that's a good segue into um, this push for the general election because we're, we're talking pretty big. Um, however, we still have a little bit of electoral work to do uh, in, in several um, key sort of races. And I want you to kind of talk about them and then we can talk about what people can do to, to get involved and to push us all over the line for the general election. Yeah, I mean, the last thing that we want, right, we, we're all feeling pretty good about Tuesday, right? I think by and large, everybody saw that to, you know, coming down the line Tuesday night uh, and seeing some of these victories and everybody's feeling really good. I think people are still feeling pretty good. But, you know, what we don't want is to wake up on November 4th uh, after they've counted, you know, it took some time to count the absentee ballots and realize that we lost one or two of those races now to Republicans, right? So you have a district like Ray Moore, right? Uh, it was a pretty right-leaning Democrat that was in there before. And I went down and, and knocked doors for Ray and Sharia Moore uh, a number of times. And one of the places that we were in, uh, Josh and I were out, I mean, talk about like Proud Boys and Trump flags on Democrat doors, right? So we really can't get complacent on some of these races. And you got, you know, the Republicans really stoking the flames of hatred right now on a number of fronts and a number of races. You had the family council uh, putting out ads against Eric and Medina and Sarah McBride, some really hateful stuff. We cannot be complacent on these races uh, going into the general election. We have to keep diligent uh, that's why Delaware United right now, we have a pretty, pretty steep fundraising goal, but we've been making calls. We're actually almost three fifths of our way to our goal. Actually. I know Rob, when I was talking to you about this, we are only one fifth of the way. So we've been, people are, are hearing the message that we can't let our guard down. 
Uh, we're trying to raise $5,000 actually to help back some of these candidates that won on Tuesday that still have a general election uh, to get through. And we're gonna be doing digital, targeted digital advertising uh, in key districts like Ray's. Uh, you know, we did that during the primary for uh, five different candidates and we were actually able to, to touch almost 20, those 19,664, I believe, uh, likely red, uh, Democratic voters uh, within those districts. And we're hoping to do the same thing for the general election to really uh, drive this message that we have to turn out. You know, we ha whether it's vote by mail, absentee or in person, we have to turn out and we got to get our friends to turn out too. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned Ray Moore because I've uh, had a couple conversations with her. I had never met her and I completely admit to being very, um, you know, northern Newcastle County centric um, city. I mean, basically, my, I don't leave my neighborhood, um, but uh, I, I had a, a couple nice conversations with her and um, she'll uh, be coming in next week for next week's podcast. So I'm very, I'm very excited to speak with her. I'm excited to, to learn more about what you said, because, you know, her, you know, she's, she, because of her, the demographics is in a little bit of a different situation than some of the other folks who have won, whether it's in, you know, more liberal uh, areas of Newark uh, or working class areas of Newark or the same, um, you know, across Newcastle County. But she's in an, a unique sort of position, so I'm, I'm interested to see what her take on it is, and I'm interested to see, you know, how some of the, these other strategies, uh, with you helping her through the general election, are gonna are gonna work. Um, yeah, and we're all we are looking for volunteers too. So if people aren't, they're not able to donate uh, and help us get to our fundraising goal, uh, you know, we're looking for individuals to either write or help distribute Dear Neighbor letters as well. You know, we have the voter file, and we can break that down by neighborhood and, and districts and get Dear Neighbor letters out. So even if your candidate's not necessarily canvassing, you know, you can still go out and, you know, drop off, do lit drops, uh, so you don't have to really, uh, you know, put any risk with yourself. Uh, do lit drops with Dear Neighbor letters. You know, it's next to free. You just type them up, you print them out yourself, you know, make sure they're good. Um, we can help you uh, make sure they're good. And then you can go distribute them out to your neighborhood or the neighborhood across the way. Uh, and people aren't super specific on that and they make a difference. Yeah, I mean, and again, it helps. I think it helps build some sort of com camaraderie and show that people do care. And, and I think it's one of the big things that is used in between time. Um, to reach out to people on specific issues or to help keep them sort of engaged in the real process, which is just staying organized. Um, so I, I certainly really appreciate that because you're doing it. I think I, I, I know folks who, you know, maybe worry about giving money here, but, but you're actually targeting this um, to where it's most needed in, in sort of the, the, the ways you, you know will be most effective. So I hope people really sort of think about that and if they have – 50 or 100 bucks to throw somewhere before the general election th this is a this is a perfect sort of program that's going to help across the board sort of these kind of these kind of issues is yeah, it up is it up on your week, website yeah we got one week left uh for our deadline we're trying to get the ads going uh because of the early voting and the absentee voting and the, the mail-in uh that's happening before you know early before the election 
Uh, we're trying to actually get it going about two and a half weeks before uh, the actual vote and run these targeted ads straight through to the general November, uh, election in November. And so uh, if people want to donate to that, we're actually, we have a separate link for that because we want it to stay in that pot of money. We want to guarantee you that this money is going directly to these candidates uh, and, and digital ads or directly to the candidates themselves to help with those last minute mailers. Uh, so it's actblue.com slash donate slash N-O-V, like November, N-O-V hyphen, the little middle hyphen, not the underscore, victory. V-I-C-T-O-R-Y. So N-O-V dash or hyphen, however you want to say it, victory. And, and, so, and Carl will be, uh, will be the, the super producer that he is, and that link will be in the show notes of this podcast for easy clicking. Yeah, and it is on our website. Yeah. It is on our website as well, as you said. Yeah, so DelawareUnited.org. So that's yeah, and I did see I did see it, but it is important, like like you said, if you want to make sure it goes to this particular project, um, that you're careful about, uh, you know, where where you click. But otherwise, it will be there available to you. Right. Yeah. Don't use the general donation link right now. You know, you'll see it. You'll see it say uh, "Help get us over the line" on November third or something like that on the website. Uh, and that's the one you want to click or just go directly to the URL that I mentioned. Cool. So what else is going on, man? How are you doing generally? It's wild. You, you still, um, I mean, everybody's still basically at home in some fashion. Um, I guess you're able to get out a little bit, but. I've been getting out, you know, I've been, uh, I've been hitting the doors. Uh, Jack Guerin and I are, are doing dear neighbor letters in his district. Uh, I, I'll be out hitting the doors for some of these candidates. I have, you know, there was definitely a lockdown period, but as we got closer to the primary, I said, I, I can't do this. I got to, I got to get out. I got to yeah. get out and knock on these doors. And, and, you know, I went out for Eric. I went out for Medina. I went out for Larry many times, uh, went out for Ray a number of times, Kira. I, every time I went out to knock on doors, guess how many complaints I had from people? None, none. People were actually more receptive to talk to me now, I think, because they've been locked in their house for so long. I haven't seen another human. Uh, you know, you knock on the door, you step back like eight feet from the door, and they'll slide down, you know, open the screen or just step out on their porch or what have you. And they'll, you know, they'll chew your ear for, you know, 15, 20 minutes. It was really engaging conversations, which is just what my soul needed uh, at, at that time. Yeah, I went out. Um the Saturday before the primary um, for Jess in Wilmington. And I had never done it before. It's not my, like, I don't, I just have a different disposition, but I definitely wanted to get out because I had never done it. And people who have done it sort of mentioned that it actually is pretty fun and you learn a lot from doing it. Um, but yeah, I didn't get any complaints. Um, you know, as exactly as you said, you know, you knock, step back, keep your mask on. <clears throat> if they want to, answer the door if they want to talk they can they stay at a distance or or whatever it was and i, I didn't have a problem with it um at, even as somebody who had never done it before when folks started going back out uh and you'd see pictures or whatever and people would complain it, it you know i didn't see a problem with it at all it looked like it went pretty smoothly um you know it's outside you're not inside which is exactly. good you're so, outdoors right yeah i mean no one's complaining space 
certainly no one's complaining that you can go outside and 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 you know and, and get a beer uh, outside or get some food outside on Delaware Avenue or Union Street or all these places that have outside decks. No one's complaining about that. Um, yeah, it's it's a, it's funny. It's it was like a little microcosm of like the the, the fissures on the left where everything has to be just so, like if you step outside of any of these uh, sort of ideas, it blows people's minds. Um, but I think it was important. I mean, obviously it was important because uh, it was an incredible success by any measure. So that was cool. Yeah. And I think that was part of the success is you saw the candidates that were out knocking on doors and talking to their community members and hearing what they needed won by a much larger margin. And the people that didn't want to canvas, didn't want to talk to people, uh, did a, you know, they still won, but not by as large of a margin. You know, some of the races were really tight and those conversations make a big difference. Yes. I, I wonder, uh, are you, so everything I'm trying, are there any other, other than Ray, uh, are there any other races that you're targeting with, you know, um, sort of the letter writing and the canvassing? Yes. Yeah. That we should highlight too. Sure. Yeah. So uh, Jack Aaron did a Dear Neighbor letter. I don't know if you met Jack before. Amazing. Yeah, I have. Um, yeah, I've, I've actually met him a few times. Yeah, he is all over the place. He's great. Uh, so he wrote a Dear Na Neighbor letter for Stephanie Barry. So I've been helping him distribute that. Uh, so yeah, the races that we're really focused on, you know, Stephanie, uh, Debbie Harrington and Ray, uh, definitely are the top priority just because either they're flipping seats uh, that have been unsuccessful to flip in the past or they're like Ray. They're in a place that, you know, honestly, we got to be careful of. We need, we cannot, we cannot lose that seat because that is a special breed of Republican down there. And that that's not what you want. Uh, so we really got to focus on, on keeping that race, but I'm not taking my eye off of Larry or Eric either. Uh, you know, the guy that's running against Eric, if he ends up turning around and, and taking this seriously and starts managing a campaign, I think he could pick up steam in a quick, quick way because I know the connections he has down there. I know that Car Carvel School uh, and the connections that that school has in the community are, are they're deep in that area. And so you don't want to take your eye off the prize on that race either. And so I really, and uh, you know, I, I'd hate to see hatred win in any of those races when you have people like the family council that's out there uh, spreading hate against, you know, Sarah and Eric and Medina, just, you know, it's, we can't let that win. So I'm not taking lightly any of these races, but yeah, Debbie, Steph and Ray are, are, probably our top priority just because they're in a riskier situation and yeah. Kyle of course as well trying to right and I was going to mention her too because she's also I've been talking to her about trying to come on before the general election too because she's one of the only other of this sort of insurgent group or whatever you want to say that I haven't had on or, or met formally uh, I just want to get try to get the word out you know for people yeah um, so we're actually trying to get Cloutier to agree to a debate I know we endorse Kyle you know but we had the debate between Spiros and Del Colo and uh, I, you know, I, I think it's fair to say we were very uh, unbiased, very balanced. Uh, and, I, and we could do the same thing for Cloutier and Kyle. You know, clearly we have made an endorsement, but a debate's a debate. A question's a question. We don't have to be biased about that. Yeah. I wonder, um, you know, you, you, you mentioned before this uh, special breed of Republican. Like, 
I'm I'm also wondering because of what we're seeing, you know, sort of ramp up. It's not like there's not a history for this. It's this perfectly logical sort of uh, progression to this. But like how we're going to demarcate that, like how well, I mean, hopefully Mike Ramone won't have to do it anymore because we'll just retire him next month. But you know, there's going to be folks who are going to try to play that game, like it's a different thing when it's not really a different thing. Like, I wonder how we're going to have to start referring to that. Like, we got to look at the policies. We got to look at what the, I mean, I don't understand. I, I, I understand. Well, part of me understands like people want to that, you know, they're by bi, little bipartisan and, Oh, look, I have a bifurcated ticket, you know, uh, like it's a great thing, but you need, we need to look at the policies, you know, Mike Ramon passed that youth and training wage. And what that ended up doing was creating a seasonal workers wage right? Because you can do a 90-day stint as a seasonal worker, which is pretty normal. And if you look at who takes those jobs and who's working minimum wage a lot of times, uh, it's seniors. Seniors are taking those jobs to help pay for medications, to just keep, keep them going and, and keep them afloat with their social security, which is ridiculously low, or their pensions. So those kind of policies they should be talked about what they are. They're hurting seniors. You have some of these Republicans voting to get rid of the prescription assistance program that we should be expanding uh, and, and giving more assistance to seniors and taking these drug companies to account uh, like uh, Stephanie Hansen did with the uh, prescription opioid impact fee. I mean, we should be going the other direction with this. And if we allow these, you know, bipartisan quote unquote, you know, Republicans to get away with this crap and not call it for what it is, then they, like you, you're alluding to, they kind of slide under the radar. Yeah, they definitely slide under the radar. I think, um, I, I, my thought always goes back to uh, when I had my conversation with Del Colo. And near the end of it, actually a lot of it got cut because it was just sort of arguing back and forth about national politics, which is fucking boring. Um, but near the end of the released uh, podcast I just asked him like what his philosophy was or something and he said you know I just want to follow the law I'm always looking at the law to make sure it's legal and all this and we never got a chance to explore that and it's bothered me ever since because number one you make the law like the reason we're having at a national level a problem with the Supreme Court about you know they're going to put a, this Catholic lunatic on the court after Ruth Bader Ginsburg died is because these people want to look at the law as a way not to do it. It's just a reactionary thing. You know, you the legislator makes the law. You know, that that's a that would have at least some make some sense in a democracy because we vote for the legislator to make the law. Um, I didn't vote for somebody to figure out how not to do it because of some obscure, you know, you're you're making some obscure law, legal ruling. And I never got a chance to interrogate him on that because he uses that concept as just sort of being a conservative. But what it is is an, it's an authoritarian, anti-democratic, uh, you know, reactionary. And I, people like this get painted in a really nice light, as you said, because you're like, oh, I have the nice guy. He lives down the street, Anthony Del Colo or Ramon. And when I want to get my pothole filled, he fills it. Um, but I have news for you. If, if you or you know, if you know anybody whose life isn't great, these people do not want to make it better. Uh, if you're worried about the environment, they do not want to help. You know, if you're worried about homeless people or health care or your wage, 
uh, or be able to afford rent, they're not going to help you. Uh, it's all it's all fake. And I wonder when you use that term, a special breed of Republican, I knew exactly what you meant. But I but I was wondering, like, when do we stop making the, the diff? When do we stop making the demarcation between the two? You know, it's just interesting. Yeah, that that. Uh, oh, well, the law says this particularly infuriates me when we talk about voting rights uh, in Delaware. You know, some of the Republicans were not in favor of the early voting or no excuse absentee or doing same day registration because, oh, well, the Constitution says this. Well, read the Delaware Constitution when it comes to voting. Just just read it. There's a literacy test in our Delaware Constitution when it comes to voting. And yeah, the the federal law kind of has supremacy over our our Constitution on that front. But if you want to strictly interpret the Delaware Constitution to kind of support what you're doing to stop voting rights from being expanded, you're following a pretty archaic thought process when it comes to voting. So we can't, we just can't use that. That's not an excuse. Yeah, again, that's, I think that's what I'm trying to say. It's like sort of interrogating this idea of what does that really mean? You know, you, you, you what does it mean to want to uh, read, the, read the law in this particular way? You just don't, it's just a reaction. It's a reaction to progress or trying to help, you know, trying to build any kind of um, society that people want to live in. You know, that's all it is to me. Um but yeah, I think you, you mentioned uh, Kyle Evans Gay. I, I just want to make sure I don't I, f- I don't forget to mention somebody because everybody's doing such incredible work. I I'm so um, I'm just excited about the progress that's been made over a relatively short period of time. You know, um, you guys sort of got together just before Network Delaware. Uh, I guess it was Brian Townsend. Sort of uh, was that the first big push for Delaware United? Uh, so yeah, so we. Uh, we all started working together in 2015, but we formed officially uh, in early 2016. And so we actually did a slate of endorsements. Some of them panned out, some of them didn't. Uh, and some of them we actually had to revoke because people were, were stepping out and not doing the right thing. And, uh, but, you know, that's why this year we actually made all of our candidates sign a pledge that said, hey, uh, this is what you're agreeing to do when you get down to the General Assembly. And this is the kind of campaign you're agreeing to running. If you don't uphold these ethics and morals and values, uh, we're going to rescind your endorsement and publicly say we're doing as such. Uh, and we're going to do it immediately and without hesitation. So do not, uh, do not go back on your word and what you're saying here. You sign this document. And so, yeah, so Brian Townsend, Eugene Young were in that first wave of, uh, of endorsements that we did back in 2016. So it was really funny. It was great seeing, uh, it was sad that Eugene lost the mayoral race, of course, but it was just so great to see that that whole campaign really kind of shift into, uh, you know, what's the next step? Kind of like what we did when we were all working together for Bernie, you know, we were kind of like, all right, well, what's the next step here? And uh, so local politics was it. And they saw it more as, uh, you know, educating people to run for office and do do this kind of organizing work. They saw that as their next so it's been great working together yeah you mentioned something uh interesting too i i have some some placards out on the front of my house most people have seen them but one's you know uh bernie for president and it's actually the 2016 sign with a two thousand with a, a 2000 
20 sticker on it. <laughs> uh, and a couple people would be like, hey, you're going to take that down? And I was like, maybe. I was like, but it's movement. It's not a moment. Like, it, it doesn't. You mentioned it. Like, <clears throat> being able to uh, express through a movement somebody's campaign has has seeded and created a, a lot, um, all of this almost. Now, again, other people have done other things, but it had the same sort of spirit to it. It all went back to that idea. And so I don't know if I think I'm going to fucking leave that Bernie for president sign up even after he's dead. Because it yeah, really does. <laughs> I preserved all of my stickers and everything that were on my car. They started to get uh, chipped and scratched and all that. So I actually took them off and stuck them on some paperboard that I kept. I have like a little Bernie doll and uh, which nice. I think it was like a cat toy or a dog toy or something like that that I picked up because I just thought it was great. I had like a button on it that said push here for the revolution and all that. So it was cute. <laughs> yeah. It, it makes me think about it more too because they, we just had this, uh, the presidential debate. And I think about, you know, Bernie, like, like the speech he gave and the rally he gave uh, in New York um, when he came back. Uh, and I think about that, and I thought about Trump the other night saying, "Yeah, you you can't have, you can't have an event because nobody will come," and he's pretty much right. Um, that doesn't really mean anything about who's going to win or who's not going to win. But it, when you see the stark, when when you see what Trumpism is, or the special breed of Republican, or whatever you want to call it, whatever Trumpism is, and you think about how serious it could be, and you think about what what the Democratic Party decided to use to go up against it which is like no, nothing really. Uh, it, it's, 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 pretty, it's a pretty stark reminder the importance of um, the socialist movement, Bernie's movement, our revolution, which is just, just which you know moved into to Delaware United, and all of it. It's all the same thing. We have to think of it as all the same thing. We have to think of it outside of elections. We have to think of it all the time. Um, but we definitely need to think about about elections in the next uh, four weeks, uh, and especially in the next two weeks when we can really ensure and solidify the progress that we've made until now, the progress that we made two Tuesdays ago at the primary, and the progress we're going to make in the next session of the General Assembly in the beginning of next year. And I know you'll be down there uh, holding people accountable and uh, telling them what the, to telling them, uh, you know, what we would like to see. If they open that building, I'm going to I'm going to have a cot in the basement. I think. <laughs> I've been in the basement of that building now and it's 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 not great. <laughs> At least you got the food down there. That helps. Yeah. They do make some mean sandwiches. I'll give them that. Nice. Cool, man. Well, I appreciate you doing this. I hope everybody will go um and consider clicking on that link and and throwing 10, 15, 50 bucks um to the effort to try to um try to give us a real a real team a real squad so to speak um in dover um that can really make a difference uh, in your life whether you care about the environment whether you care about your rent whether you care about your health care police issues whatever um pe help is on the way we just all got to get together and stay together solidarity everybody we can make history on november 3rd but we got to pull it out yeah left is best <laughs>